Welcome back. Episode 14. For sure. 14, right? I think so. Yes, because I checked. Because I'm, I don't feel like I've ever gotten it right. You're usually wrong. What a... Oh. <laughs> about that one thing. Yeah. Usually you're right well, about ju- most other things. Yes. Okay. Well, we've got it. Speaking to the microphone, please. So we can all... No. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, episode 14 of We Watch Dead People. I'm Will, and this is Emma. That's right. And it's also very hot. <laughs> What? I'm not sweating though. I'm yeah. wearing like longer pants. I'm not saying it's not hot, but you're like dripping sweat. You I look know. like I took my pants off. It's just it... I'm not nude yeah. doing this. I'm in my in my skivvies, but like it's Gross. just yeah, I know. <laughs> you don't need to paint a picture. No one had to know. But since we're painting a picture, well, yeah, I feel like I'm an investigator and you've you're you're definitely guilty because I can see the droplets. On your forehead, under your eyes, and on your nose. Great. Oh, and your chin now. Awesome. That's really good to know. I would be sweating, too, if I had been in the movie of this week. Smooth. Thank you. It's, a, it's called a segue. Uh-huh. It's an art form, and you're not a part of it. Um, shoot. The movie. I'm thrown off my groove. The movie. Oh, yeah. Our movie for this week Ugh, was The Mist. If you couldn't tell by all our clues. I think... I thought they were a little more subtle this week than they have been. Or maybe this movie just isn't as... I don't know. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it was The Mist. Yes, based off the Stephen King novella. Oh, yeah. Are we doing housekeeping? Because it's my turn. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, so this is... um Yeah, it was based off of a novella by Stephen King. One of his stories that I hadn't read before, you hadn't read before. Nope. And neither one of us had seen this movie. Nope. Yeah. So it was based off of the novella, but it was written and directed by Frank Darabont, or would you say adapted for the screen instead of written? What would you say? <laughs> I mean, written, that's that's what they call it. Okay. Adapted for the screen is like snooty. Well, what? But <laughs> okay. Okay. Apparently he had been interested in adapting it. Um since like the 1980s but the film came out in 2007 he also directed shawshank redemption oh i haven't seen it well it's probably the most it's not a horror movie but it's the most critically acclaimed stephen king adaptation he also did the green mile and he's also the creator of the walking dead oh what was the green mile that's the one with tom hanks uh working on like at the as a death row corrections officer during the great depression yeah also a stephen king book Oh, also, he loves so Stephen Frank King. So Frank Darabont likes Stephen King. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, we haven't met him, but we can conclude from that. That's that's three adaptations. So. Anyway, the film features an ensemble cast. Um, Thomas Jane, Marcia Gay Harden, Samuel Witwer, Toby Jones, and future Walking Dead actors. So it makes sense that he also did The Walking Dead. But Jeffrey DeMunn, Lori Holden, Melissa McBride, and Juan Gabriel Pareja. I haven't seen The Walking Dead. I saw a couple episodes. I Wasn't heard for me. what I the gist that I'm getting from most people is like the first couple seasons were good and then it went downhill. But I feel like that's just what people say about television. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, when anything lasts too long, the Brits, the Brits know how to cut it off. Yeah, they usually end their shows a little sooner. Yeah. But here in the states, we, we don't know sque- when to quit. We gotta <laughs> squeeze every penny out of them. At any rate. Out of the go tube. 
Okay. At any rate, so that the movie. Was, yeah, that was my housekeeping. Okay. What's the movie about? Oh my <laughs> gosh. The movie is about basically the small town that's by a mountain. In Maine. Oh, is it? Every Stephen King story is in Maine. Is he from Maine? Yes. Okay. Well, it makes sense. You write what you know. I guess every Stephen King, maybe the Green Mile's not in Maine, but most of them are in Maine. Okay. Well, okay. It's set in Maine in this small town um, that basically off of the army base, there's an army base, comes this mist, like suddenly, like within an hour, everything is covered in mist and people get like trapped in places and it turns out there are monsters in the mist there's something killing people that go out into the mist and you're not sure what specifically we follow um a guy and his son david drayton and his son billy yeah david drayton played by thomas jane who's not in enough movies he's he's a good actor i like thomas jane i thought he did a good job but basically it starts it starts the night after a storm because it sets up the dynamic between him and his neighbor because his neighbor's tree has fallen onto um, Mr. Drayton's boathouse. And he's like, oh, he's telling his wife, he's like, I guess I gotta go talk to him. And she's like, he'll just tell you to sue him again. So it, whatever, it sets up that they have a history because there was definitely a lawsuit and he's the neighbor isn't from the small town or whatever. He's a big city hotshot lawyer. Lawyer yeah. and... But then, like, they set that all up, and then they're immediately kind of fine because the neighbor's car has been crunched by a tree in the storm that happened that we didn't see. And so they all drive into town together, the son, the dad, and the neighbor. What do you mean that we didn't see? We didn't see the storm. Yeah, you did. Oh, yeah. That's how the movie opens. Yeah, you're right. Shoot. Well, a lot happens, okay? But they're, they're able to patch temporarily patch up their they seem perfectly fine we made a comment to, i made a comment to you where i was like wow it set it up like he's gonna tell you to go sue him and yeah but they, both, be had, all tense. they both had stuff broken so they were just a little more subdued fine and yeah. so they go into the grocery store and things town. bubble over in a bit between yeah those two. yes but we're not there yet they go into town to the supermarket and while there the mist comes and they're all trapped in the supermarket should point out that David Drayton's wife stayed behind at the house and he took the son. Yeah. 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 So they're se- separated from the mom. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And from there, it becomes like a survival story. I think it kind of becomes like Lord of the Flies because it's a whole bunch of townspeople and tourists and army people. Like just everybody goes to the grocery store, you know, like we all, we all got to eat, fish got to swim. And they're all trapped in the grocery store like together and i did i told you i thought it became very lord of the flies because there are like social dynamics and finally they they're gonna open up the garage door in the back of the supermarket to try and unplug the generator because it keeps faltering and while they do that a monster well yeah yeah i was gonna say you skipped ahead there's that one dude who comes running in and oh yeah he's got a bloody nose he's like something in the mist took john lee (laughs) yeah and he's bleeding and no one asks who's john lee well it's a small town it's presumed that you know that every that most people there know but at any rate he's all battered and he's battered and bloody so you know he has a nosebleed you know that he has blood down his shirt you know that something bad happened 
But then they go to the generator and they there's something blocking the vent so the generator can't run. And the bag boy, uh, Norm, oh uh, yeah, uh, volunteers to go. Norm from all those American Pie movies. Oh and, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's in like all of them. Yeah, he yeah. He, he I goes, was wondering why he looked familiar. I had blocked American o- Pie. He's also in October Sky, and he's in Van Wilder. Uh, we watched part of Van Wilder. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like all those movies. I know. Okay, that's not what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> Norm is like, I'll go do it. And I'm a tough they call, guy. They call um, Dave, right? Is his yeah. first name Dave? Well, because he saw something. Pre- he went to do the generator by himself, and he saw something pressing through. He was trying to get into the store, and there were noises, and he was scared. And they basically call him a wuss. And, and one of them, him. like, yeah, they don't believe him. And one of them makes a comment that he's like a draft dodger and we were trying to think like of what war because it doesn't really seem like the time periods link up whatever anyway but they're like insulting and they're like ah it's a lot of build-up for the fact that you know as an audience member that there are definitely monsters out there so norm goes and a tentacle a yeah, tentacle comes too, out and it's not too it. much either. I didn't think so. No, but I kind of rolled my eyes because I was like, "You guys are being real harsh. Like, don't you know you're in a horror movie?" They don't. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah. I still I can't help but roll their eyes. Anyway, Norm goes out. They open it like the garage because it's a garage door, so it's like a pulley, whatever. They open it like maybe two feet, and a tentacle comes out, snaps Norm up. Tentacles with like these like sort of. Fangs? Uh, yeah, these fangs that come like off where of the suckers would be if it was of, an octopus. Well, it can just be a tentacle, but then it also has it, the like, fangs can come up. out. Yeah, yeah. it's and pretty so gross. It's, yeah, it's, it's ripping pretty, pretty Lovecraftian looking. Yeah, it. It's gross. I was trying to think if I thought this was too much gore in this movie because people are ripped up, and you see some gross stuff, but it's not like it's not so realistic that it's. I don't know, like the Uncanny Valley, if you can have that of injuries in movies, but it's not super fake looking either. It's yeah. not Reanimator. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's real enough to make you cringe, and it is, but it doesn't like linger on it too much, you know? No, not until later, but we'll get there. Well, it doesn't, well. No, but it. I know it, what you're getting Yeah. There. Um, so anyway, then they believe him and Norm is dead. Like they have a whole struggle with the tentacle, several tentacles. They lop one of the tentacles off, which becomes important. And what, and then Norm is dead. Like (laughs) Norm's gone. And then Dave is basically like, you didn't believe me. And they're like, we're sorry. And he punches that one guy. Yeah. Cause he's pissed. Cause they got that kid killed. Yeah. No one believed him, but in fact, if there was all of a sudden a really foggy day and you came home and were like, there are monsters, I'd be like, what are you drinking? Well, that's it exactly. Most people, I think that's why their reaction is very fair in the movie. Like, they don't expect that to be true. But anyways, then they have to go in and try and convince everyone of what they saw. And of course, no one believes them either. Yeah, and like, people are very divided and there's that one character ooh that i hated um mrs carmody yeah. carmody yeah from a very yeah. early point she's saying it's Type the end cast. of days and well, yeah 
She's she has like a not like typecast. Sorry, wrong phrase. Mm. But her character is an archetype. She's like the overly religious curmudgeon lady. She's Jim Jones. I'm like, oh, mm. they even say that at one point. Do they? Played by Marcia Gay Harden, who is very good. Did it you very hate good. Her so oh, much. I hated her. <laughs> I was just like, will you shut up? Because there's nothing worse in an emergency, like beliefs or not, than to just fear monger. Just be like, aren't you afraid? Me too. Do this ridiculous thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyways, they go. The the two mechanic guys, Jim and Myron and David, go back to try and convince everyone of what they saw, and most of them are pretty skeptical, especially um, David's neighbor. Uh, what's his name? Uh, mm. Brent. Brent Norton. Mr. Lawyer. Yeah, that's right. And he's like... He's like, I'm he's like, practical. I, and well, and he's like, you know, I thought we were being friendly, but now you're trying to fool me. And yeah, then, he thinks they're trying to play a joke on him specifically. Yeah, and then, you know, they basically, they rightly point out that this isn't the time for a joke, but he doesn't care. But a couple of people go back with them to look at the tentacle they've lobbed off, and... So then people start to kind of believe that. But then they poke at the tentacle and it like disappears. Like it, it doesn't no, disappear, it doesn't... but it like crumbles and turns into like goo mush on the floor. So it doesn't really look like a tentacle anymore. And I thought that was an interesting thing because I was like, I would have just picked it up and been like, look, but they well, can't because they go to poke it and it like disintegrates. Well, also it like snaps back to life for a little bit and is like wriggling around. No, I thought it was kind of like a, you know... What I don't know what it's called. Well, if you tried to pick it up, it was it's like a post death spasm. But if yeah. you tried to pick it up, it has those fangs. It would have bitten well, you. Whatever. Anyways, they convince some of the people, and then they realize that the store has these like glass windows, so they go to try and block it up with like, like dog food and yeah. boards and stuff. But big some, bags of mulch. Yeah, but some of them, some of them don't believe them anyways. Especially the lawyer guy. Norton. And so he's like, "We're gonna leave." Yeah, and, the, he's like the logical thing. There's nothing out there. We are just going to go and find help. Yeah. And so they're going to leave, uh, but... David is like, please. Well, he gives up on it pretty fast, but there's a biker dude who agrees to go out sort of next to them with a rope tied around his waist so that he can go get a gun out of somebody's truck. Yeah. And so they put the rope around him and people in the store are like holding it as he goes out into the mist and of course it gets taken and it goes all kinds of zany directions and then it's getting pulled and it's like burning their hands. And when it comes back, it's... there's only his legs. <laughs> well, I'm part of his torso. That's not fair. No, not really. Don't disregard the torso. Because it was tied around his waist. Yeah, so it's got like his waist down. That's yeah. not really torso. Okay. Torsos, you know. Like, all no. right, half of the... Let's meet in the middle. But then shortly thereafter, you know, these like big huge like flying scorpion things start landing all over the windows and they look like giant bugs yeah they're like and they're you know scattering on the windows and then also these like big pterodactyl kind yeah, of they do look like dinosaurs start coming down and they start breaking the glass and they get in and they're attacking people they kill a few people and uh what's his name ollie yeah. He's like the short little stubby one. He's a store clerk. Yeah. He's really nice. He's gotten a gun from this uh, this woman. Uh, what was her name? <laughs> I don't know. Amanda. She's, yeah, she's like a little old. She's, oh, no, no. no. This was teacher. The, yeah. She carries like a 
40, a 44 Magnum in her purse or She's something. She's like, my husband wanted me to have it. I was like, well, thank God, but also, what? And so they give it to Ollie because he was like a shooting, a target shooter, and he blasts those those pow, things. Pow. But not, not before they kill a few people. Some dude lights himself on fire. Accidentally. He's it trying stings to like one it. girl in the neck. Oh, yeah. And she like swells up and dies. And all these people have had like little, we've had like little side notes with them where we get like an intro sort of to their character mm-hmm. or their life, but too bad. They're dead now. Um, but one of the bugs goes to land on Mrs. Carmody and she prays and then it leaves her alone. And so her Posse. Her, yeah, her posse begins to grow as she continues to claim that this is like judgment day. And, and she's saved. And she's a conduit to God. Yeah. Um, oh, also, Ollie shoots one of those things that's about to get David's son. And like some woman in the store sees it and she's traumatized and she kills herself later. Yeah. She like swallows a bunch of aspirin. Or I something. will say, like, it's not particularly horror to me in that it's not really jump scares but it's terrifying in the sense that it is just doom and it's doom and gloom from the beginning like all the monsters have a very similar color scheme they're like bluey gray kind of like the mist and mrs carmody does a good job of this too of where things just feel not quite hopeless but pretty close to hopeless and so it's just kind of this raw watch of just like oh well pretty much the only beacon of hope in the movie is david because he keeps being proactive and optimistic and i think that that's sort of what the movie is ultimately about um which we'll get to soon um but i think i think what's impressive about this movie we'll continue with the plot in a moment is that it does have its hand in a lot of different pots you know there's a lot of different things going on there's a monster movie mm-hmm. there's a lord of the flies movie there's like mm-hmm. a religious cult movie there's yeah. social dynamics um a, you know a what would you do kind of movie yeah it's it's uh it's interesting and, n- and never does it feel like it's doing too much it all just sort of flows very well together it does it does um, flow. but anyways so at this point that guy's really burned and a bunch of people got hurt, and so David decides to round up a posse of people, and they're going to go to the next door pharmacy to try and get some antibiotics. And they decide to try and go at the beginning of the day because they think there are less monsters at night or something? I think there are more monsters at night. More monsters at night. Because they had the yes, huge yes, swarm yes. attack. Them. Yeah. And so they go next door, and they're getting all that stuff, but then they're attacked by these horrific oh my spider things. Things. Like, and spider I, things. I, I they hate... look like skull faces, kind of. Yeah. Oh, and they've got weird little, like, claws at the end of their hands, like a crab, like, oh. It's... And they shoot corrosive webs. Yeah. And, uh, and they've, like, they've gotten a bunch of other people including a military police officer that you see in the beginning of the movie, like, all wound up in webs. And they, like, that dude says he's sorry. Like, it's their fault or something. Like, like the militaries. And then he, like, explodes out the back and out of his face with, like, baby spiders. Yeah, like, they've... Which uh, fucked me up. I hate that so much. Um, And then a few people are killed. And they have to run back. Um, And so... They can the surviving people confront the soul confront a soldier. Which there have been three soldiers, but then well, they go. He goes to lead them to the other two who have killed themselves out of guilt, because it turns out that there was 
a military project called the Arrowhead Project or something. Yes. And to this movie's credit, they don't do they don't go into this too much. Which thank goodness, because no, if they did, it would have no been point. Yeah. Like, it's not what the movie's about. Yep. But essentially, the government was like looking into other dimensions and accidentally released this like okay. hellscape. Yeah. Now, Mrs. Carmody, tangential to this, has gotten a huge following, including one of those mechanics. Um, Jim, I think. One was name. Jim and... Uh, well, Ollie, or uh, Myron, excuse me. Myron and Jim. And I think Myron gets killed, and then... So, so uh, Jim is PO'd. But anyways, he overhears the soldier, like, admitting this, and so he leads him out in front of everyone, and Mrs. Carmody and her angry mob confront him, and they start beating him and then ultimately stab him and throw him out well mrs carmody is like she's like kill him yeah yeah she's like they need a sacrifice which david had predicted would happen he's like yeah, we when need- they're like things are getting rumbly how soon till she sacrifices someone well, because they have like you know i think it works in the movie but i can also see how it's a little like ridiculous like philosophical conversation about explicitly what are people capable of and david's like you know she's gonna jim jones it and they're gonna start sacrificing people and then sure enough like 10 minutes later this happens 10 minutes later into the movie yeah they kill this guy and haul him off into the throw him out into the crowd they don't even because he's still they don't even fully kill him they stab him a couple times in the stomach and then they throw him out out the door and he's like banging on the door like please and something comes out of the mess and grabs him a big praying mantis (laughs) yeah it did look like a praying mantis so then this group uh like two an old woman an old man uh ollie amanda david and his son um agree that they need to get out of there so ollie gathers some like groceries and they're gonna leave early in the morning yeah he tucks them away like behind a register so then they go to get the groceries and sure enough as if you couldn't have predicted it mrs carmody has that bitch yeah god she's so horrible she's she's discovered their plan everyone circles them and she she, she, like goes nuts she's like the boy it has to be the boy next and and it's like really it has to be the the, kid and then also amanda's like and the whore you know and they start like going crazy which doesn't even i don't even know why they called her a whore because she admitted that she had like she was unable to have children or like it was a difficult whatever she's holding on to billy like trying to protect him a religious fanatic anyway so then miss well ollie steps forward and blasts her which is like so satisfying uh, it's like oh we've been waiting for this shoots her in the chest and then in the head and then everyone sort of scatters they like let them go yeah well Um, he has a gun so yeah, so then they... The, but the, she is sitting there, like, all evilly. Like, she's asking for She's sitting there. She's got a knife in her hand. She's yeah. like, you're trying to take well, stuff. I'm going to sacrifice you. And then it's after like, she's killed, she splays out with her arms spread, like, in the Christ-like yeah, repose. Does. Which is, you know, I, I think there's just a lot of interesting stuff with that. I don't know what exactly they were trying to say, you know, but it was very interesting. At any rate... uh David's, they retreat. David's posse leaves. They go out the door and they're running for his truck. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're ambushed by those like spider things and one of the big, the big praying mantis guy. And so Ollie gets caught and bisected. He's just like ripped in half. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, no, Myron's still alive, I think, because he's, he's killed and so is somebody else. So they get to the car and it's just David, Billy, Amanda the old man and the old woman and they get in the car and they drive away 
and everyone's like watching them and this like very ominous music plays yeah and they because you can see their headlights through the mist and And that's about it yeah and uh they go to their plan is just to drive like kind of as far as possible because they nobody knows what how far it is how big it is yeah um so they go to david's house and they find that his wife is dead um she's all like wrapped up like from the spiders and uh they keep driving and they see one of those big huge tentacle things walking overhead uh and it's just very scary and then the car eventually runs out of gas i should say that this is uh, you know again we didn't read the book so this is where they diverge and this is where the movie like made its (laughs) made its reputation so in the book they just keep driving and that's it there, it's an amb- an ambiguous ending as to what happens to them. Yeah. Frank Darabont w- rewrote the ending. He's like, not with, good enough. And Stephen King. Not a- sad enough. Stephen King approved it, and boy, it is a fucking miserable I ending. I know. At it, the end of it, we were just like, it was. Uh, it was amazing. I mean, it's well, so well. There's our Monday night. It's like. so well done, but it's so sad. Yeah. They they the car runs out of gas. And they de- they decide that they, you know you hear this like thum thum and they think like that big thing's just coming for them, and so they decide they're gonna kill themselves, and so they're only the kid is asleep like he doesn't yeah know yeah there are only four bullets but five people in the car so David says you know I I, I you know I'll I'll figure something out and then it goes outside the he the son wakes up and looks at him and then it cuts outside the car and you just hear it four gunshots and then it cuts back inside and everyone is dead and david is just screaming which i mean wouldn't you if you yes yeah oh my god terrible and so then that like thud thud is getting louder and he gets outside the car and he's like you know he's like come on screaming for you know and i looked at emma and i said if the mist lifts right now and sure as shit a tank rolls through, followed yeah, it's a by tank. And, and the mist lifts, and like the military has been just behind them, coming, in. coming. They've been driving away from help the whole time. Yeah, which is, and he just loses his mind. And past uh, a truck goes by, and this one woman who left early in the movie. She just, From the superstore. Yes. She was the first one to leave. They were like, you can't leave. She's, she's like, like I've, I've got kids at home. I gotta go. Yeah. And she's on that truck with, with her kids. With kids just looking at him. And and just rolls on by and the movie ends. And he's like screaming. Yeah, two soldiers like stop by him. But it's like very apparent what happened. Like there are a whole bunch of dead people in the car and him. <sighs> yep. It was just. Horrifying. Terrible. How do you rebuild your life after that? I don't think you do. I just don't think you do. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, David is the only one with hope the whole movie. soul-sucking gut punch. Yeah. He's the only one with hope the whole movie. Hope and drive. And then, at the end, it is just all taken away. All taken away from him. It's just so... I mean, given to him and taken away, because it's like, okay, you're for sure going to live now. You're within help, but what is there left to live for? Yeah, I mean, at that point, it isn't even worth it. It's just so, so miserable. I, I just... Yeah. I, I, Sad. I, I, yeah, it was amazing. You know, this movie, um, you know, it didn't do great. I guess actually it didn't do very well at all. It didn't even make $60 million on an $18 million budget. Uh. So that's not great. And, I, you know, I'm not surprised. Like, who... 
Who who spend wants to go spend their money like twenty dollars to go to the theater and see something that miserable? <laughs> I mean, it was a great movie. I loved it. I think it's a fantastic. I thought it was well done. Movie. I don't want to show it to anyone though, because when is it right when you're so when you're socializing with people? But like, do you want to show it to them? Like, you want to sit down and watch it with them? Maybe. I, mean, I don't know though, because I don't know where it I could depends be hanging on the out crowd. with people and then be like. Guys, want to see a movie? Well, I haven't hit my quota for mentioning this movie once every podcast yet, so here we go. I, I like showing Hereditary to people, and it's super depressing as well. But this movie, I have to say, is like on another plane. Like, it was just... That ending was so, so, so grim. Yeah. Like, it was it was really tough. Um, I, yeah, I mean... I really liked it though. I think it's the 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 CGI is a little dated and some of the camera work's a little annoying. I think it like yeah. sort of like whips too much handheld whipping around stuff. But the writing is pretty good. The dialogue is fairly the realistic. The acting is great. They've got like a pretty solid uh, assembly of character actors. I mean, it's just yeah. not 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 any big names or throwaways. So I mean, it's pretty solid. And uh, the one thing I would be interested in is that Frank Darabont put this movie out in black and white and said, like, that was the way he wanted to make the movie, but they wouldn't let him. A in lot, bl- in oh. black and white. And a lot of people say that it's it's good to watch that way, but we, we watched the... We just watched it in color. So. Yeah. But, yeah. I, don't, I don't disagree with you. It is a good... Like, I thought it was well done. It did its job, which was, was to be depressing mm-hmm. and soul-sucking... It did it well. I was invested in characters. But that ending just knocked it out of me. I was just like, ugh. Like, we were we were going to just record the podcast right after watching it. And I was like, I need, I need a day. <laughs> well, I mean, it's understandable. It's just, it was just so, so miserable. I, I, I am, I am thoroughly impressed with it, though. I mean, it's like. Ultimately, what is scary about the movie is not the spooky monsters. It's, like, what everyone in that store is capable of and willing to do to stay alive. Yeah. And, I mean, Frank Darabont did a really good job. He wrote it well. He sort of... I think he made the ending better and trimmed some of the fat in the plot. I read on Wikipedia, again, didn't read the book, that uh, David and Amanda have, like, an extramarital affair in the book. And that would have been shit if they had that in the movie. I, I don't think. know. I kind of got those vibes though. Like they were all looking at each other in the store. They have some kind of first... connection, but yeah. I think the movie doesn't, you know, make it cheesy because you know you think that that's where it's gonna go, but they don't yeah. do that. It keeps both those characters still likable. I think. Yeah. Um, especially in the face of terrible, terrible Marisa Gay Harden and, I know. and crew. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough movie. I think uh, as far as, like, adaptations of Stephen King horror go, though, it's, uh, I mean, The Shining is probably still the best, but that almost doesn't count because it's so unlike the book. So, I have ne- I've never read that book either. It's good, but the movie's nothing like it. But as far as pretty much straight adaptation, this one is probably uh, pretty close to the best. So, In your opinion. Yeah, but that's what this is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, I know, but I was saying my opinion. It's coming out of my mouth. All right. (laughs) 
but I think yeah, I know it's uh, it's it's really. I don't know. It's hard to say anything about it other than how bleak it is. I mean, it's just. Uh, I, we talked about this. What movie was it? I don't know. Tell me what you're thinking, and well, I'll tell you what movie. It was the one that people have said it sort of is like a post 9/11 commentary. What was it that we watched? It wasn't Pet Cemetery. No. What was it? It's right oh. on. Strangers. It was the Strangers. Yes, yes, yes. Well, yes. that was a that was a that was theory about that movie. Frank Darabont has said like that's what inspired him to write this movie. It's just like hopeless. Hopelessness. But, yep, hopeless, total destruction, chaos, like Great. So, very happy period in American life. So <laughs> So if you're feeling like being sad, <sighs> feeling bad, yeah, that's the thing is that it is a good movie, but I'm not going to... I don't know anyone who's like, you know what I'm in the mood for? Just grim. I don't want any hope or feel good. I, then I'd be like, ah, this movie is good, I, and it's good for that. I, do you know I, what I, I mean? I like those movies sometimes, but I usually am not seeking them out. I just like when they happen. Yeah. Yes. Like, again, I didn't know anything about Hereditary other than I thought it was a creepy kid movie. Uh And then I watched it, and it totally fucked up my day, and I loved it. It was great. And this movie did kind of a similar thing. It just sort of ruined the rest of my night, and it was great. (laughs) It was a good movie. Really well done. That's my thought. (laughs) I don't know. It made me feel sad and heavy, like I had just eaten a bunch of poutine, but it made me sad. That's why you're a poet. That was very descriptive. <laughs> well, I guess that's probably it for our missed conversation. And we've gotten to the point where we can't say anything other than I'm how sad, sad it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, I mean, realistic portrayal, I think, of how people would behave in such a situation. Yeah. But at any rate, we'll be, uh, we'll be back at it next week. I think it'll be a slightly goofier movie, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember, so. but I hope anything is goofier than this. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, in the <laughs> meantime, stay, stay cool out there, friends. and uh, Stay connected on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we also have a Gmail. That was, also, that was a much better segue than the one from the beginning of the show. So good job. You can give me feedback once we're done. Oh, okay. Well, have a good week, everybody. Yep. Bye. Bye.